Hey, what's up, everybody? It's another episode of the All Punked Up Podcast. I am your host, Tyler. We've got an awesome show for you tonight. We, of course, are going to cover the news, but we're also going to play Two Truths and a Lie later on, so please stick around until the end for that and learn a little bit more about us. I'm definitely excited and scared all at the same time to learn more about who's with us today. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> we do have Allie and Bailey with us today. How are you What's guys up? doing? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Ooh, Anything exciting uh, happened to anyone this week? Let me see. Well, I mean, I feel like it's an ongoing saga of my band and I making our EP. Um, so we finished comping harmonies yesterday, and it sounds sweet. If you saw my Insta story, uh, you got to see a little snippet. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. What? Speaking of Insta story, I what? have to ask you. What? I saw one of your Instagram stories last week. What? And I just got to ask, have you gotten a haircut this it's week? scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> so just so everybody knows, uh, you definitely have to go follow Allie because every once in a while she'll have just a great Insta story. She's very entertaining. This last week, though, uh, Allie was showing off how long her hair was by tucking it into her shorts. <laughs> yeah, no. Now I have, I have my hair has gotten so long. And the sad thing is this is even the longest it's been. I used to, at one point, I could sit on my hair, but now, wow. because of, like, the, you know, pandemic and everything, uh, my hair is now so long that I can tuck it into, like, the waistband of, like, my pants or shorts. Um, it is hilarious, but also just, like, disgusting. I Yeah. I have hair suspenders. It's terrible. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're either really proud of it or you're really ashamed of it, or um, both. You see, I love have I love having long and luscious hair. Uh, prime example, like Derek Sanders. Um, oh, yes. But the thing is, uh, because of the stress of the pandemic and like lack of care for myself, it's like brittle and frizzy and thinned out at the ed- at the ends because you know stress makes your hair fall out. Um, so the goal is to cut it, rehabilitate my hair so that it'll be. Like the lion's mane, it's supposed to be. So, Man. wish me luck, guys. Yeah, well, definitely share that on your Insta story. Yeah, we'll probably, maybe, I don't, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, just keep us all in the know. Yeah, because like- it's an important matter that <laughs> everybody <laughs> needs to know about. I'd like to introduce you to a good friend of mine. His name is Cool Ethan, and he would really appreciate your hair. And that's all mm-hmm. I can say. Some yeah. people get it, some people won't. I appreciate that. Thank you for that recommendation. <laughs> Bailey, what about you, man? Anything exciting happened to you over the last week or so? Well, I've been diving into, um, I know we're going to talk about later on, um, like big story of the year news. Um, it's just, uh, nuts to see bands right now that are taking advantage of these opportunities and actually planning out to make the best things that they can. Um, I mean, we're all, um, we all need something. We all need a distraction and, you know, we can either sit there and say, well, I guess I guess this is what we got or no 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 we can design the best experience possible. They're not the only band that's doing it. Uh that's what I'm really passionate about about learning right now. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about and we'll definitely be uh talking about that a little bit later. But yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on that as well. All right guys, before we get going into the news, I want to bring up something that's kind of been bothering me a little bit lately. 
I did listen to a podcast um, earlier this week that kind of talked about the sellout mentality in the scene. I don't think I have ever personally used the term sellout to describe a band. Um, I think we should probably answer the question, uh, what is a sellout first? Um, the scene, I think, would describe it as a band who decides to go a certain route in order to make money. Maybe their music style changes. Maybe they sign to a big time label. But it's something where the band ends up making more money or could potentially put them in a spot where they could start making money. Would you guys say that that's a accurate description of the term sellout? Uh, yeah, I think to me, I think that's accurate. But to me, I think a sellout is somebody that like sacrifices their artistic integrity so that they can be more successful or more popular or and somebody that like forgets their roots, essentially. Personally, I feel like if you sign to a big label, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're selling out. I think that's just, you know, you're being successful and you can still hold on to your artistic integrity or authenticity that got you there. Because, But also there is the point of how much is it selling out and how much is it well, we're experimenting when you want to evolve as musicians. I think you make a good point um, in that if the band changes their direction and the band doesn't necessarily want to go that direction. But if the band is wanting to grow, like you referred to, then I don't think that that's selling out. Yeah. 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 I've, I've got to play devil's advocate just for fun. So if you have the chance to write a song in your basement that's going to be on an Apple commercial, would you do it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, hypothetically, yeah. Okay. So... Are you writing it specifically to be in an Apple commercial or are you writing it because you live, breathe and are that type of art? Well, I mean, it depends, I guess. You're sitting there in your room, in your studio with your notebook. Are you writing for with the motivation of writing for an Apple commercial? No, personally, no. So that would be an amazing opportunity and brand partnership. Mm -hmm. However, if you hit one Apple, if you get one Apple contract and that affords you to tour for three years and write the type of music that you want to, would you then again go back to the same artist space and write a song with the intentions of it being an Apple commercial? If it's a collaboration for a marketing thing, I'm assuming that we're going to come to some kind of middle ground where it's a balance of my artistic integrity and what they're looking for. Because again, like, I mean, knowing how brand deals work, a majority of the time they're going to reach out to the artist. And I'm assuming it's because they like the artist. So I don't know. Okay. But this is just my opinion, my thinking about it. Let's, so. let's backtrack just a little bit. And just so you write an EP that you absolutely love. It's every single fiber of your being. You walk, breathe, live that, that EP. Mm -hmm. And that gets picked up by Apple. Mm -hmm. And that was something that you had all the the perfect intentions, the, the most artistic intentions. And Apple bought that or gave you a licensing deal. Mm -hmm. And that song, since it was on that platform or, um, you know, if it, if it got picked up by Spotify or whoever, you know, that went viral. Mm -hmm. And that that one opportunity from Apple afforded you to have a tour for the next three years to play whatever music that you wanted to, no matter what. The next time that you get back in the studio, are you going to write a song with the intention of it being on 
a, a large platform and being shared with masses, or are you still going to write because I need to express this because it's what I believe? Mm. Well, my question is, is can it be both? Yeah. Be- like- because I would a hundred percent do what you're putting out there, Bailey. So if I see an opportunity to grow, to make money doing what I love, I'm going to take it, you know, as long as it's not hurting anybody and I'm not going, you know, striving too far away from what's true for me and what I want to do. But if you see a door that's open, you got to go through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, being in a band full time is not an easy job. There's a ton of sacrifice from not being with your family, constantly traveling in a bus or van, always on the mood, eating, always on the move, eating shit food. I mean, there's just so much. The list goes on and on. And the bands have to sacrifice in order to stay relevant and make money to live on and, you know, so they can keep doing what they love. So I think in this hypothetical, I would say yes, I would do all of that and then use that platform. So you got popular from from Apple or whatever. Then you can use that opportunity to springboard to where you want to be and how you want to do things. See you, man. It's so hard to say with those kinds of situations because you don't really know until you get to until you get there. I guess the, the larger point that I'm trying to make is that we live in a gray world. It's not black or white. And when given the opportunity, I would like to think that someone begins uh, a trip down the world of art to express themselves regardless of money. They would still be doing it without the motivation. Um, the house is great. The cars are great. Uh, the notoriety is great. But at the end of the day, someone should, in my opinion, uh, someone should be making art for themselves to be able to express themselves. And there are opportunities where you know that this is going to be a jingle. It might make you burn on the inside, but I truly believe that that will finance your other dreams that you want. And if you get to a place where you can make a licensing deal and you can do that, but for me to answer the overall question of what is a sellout, a sellout would be if you're compromising every single one of your beliefs just to get paid. I mean, if that's what you want to do and you're just straight in it for business, then that's fine. To me, that would be a sellout. But I completely understand that we're well and have the motivations and understanding that it's, it's a great world. I mean, if I can write one song for a soundtrack, for a movie that's going to be played for the rest of my life, and I can use that to facilitate my other dreams, then yeah, absolutely. I'll write those songs or I'll play that song or you know whatever it is all day long. But I feel that as long as you have the artistic integrity, and you can even have that conversation like, hey, guys, you probably didn't like that, but that got me here. Like I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you and give back to fans had I not sold that. It's it's essentially you're creating something that's beautiful, and then you have to sell it to someone in order to to have the springboard, like Tyler was talking about. I agree. But to go back to the uh, sellout uh, mentality, I would agree with what you said, Bailey, about if somebody's just doing it for the money and going against their beliefs, I can understand that being a sellout unless that person intended to do that in the first place. But what I have a problem with is when – us fans call bands sellouts just because they started getting popular. You know, they signed to that big label. They, but they're still making the same music. Maybe they got a little bit more poppy. You know, Blink 182 was called sellouts. You know, as soon as Enema of the State came out, it sounds way different than Dude Ranch did. And they got called sellouts. Green Day got called sellouts. And they've been making the same type of music for as long as I can remember. 
Um, I have a problem with people calling bands sellouts just because they got popular. It seems to get thrown around so easily, and I just think it could be a little, a little bit toxic. You know, it could keep bands from growing because they're in fear of what their fans might think becoming a sellout. Yeah, that happened with Fall Out Boy in like what was it, two thousand eight maybe. Yeah. It was on Affinity on High. I remember they made a music video that addressed it like directly to their fans. Because uh, the music in the music video, it's like a black and white music video, and there's a bunch of people saying like, "You've changed. We like your old stuff." <laughs> like, I think it was the takeover, the breaks over. Yeah, that was that was the song. And uh, they like in the music video, the band like stops playing, and they're just like, "Listen, sometimes people grow, people change. That's just like." life um no i hear you yeah yeah and i'd say that i'd say that that's true that fallout boy is a really good example here um Mm -hmm. they definitely sound different now than they did way back when um but at the same time you can hear their progression from album to album like you can kind of tell where they're going to go and i would say that they all want wanted to get to where they are now. I think they've, you know, made the choice like, hey, let's go in this direction. But at the same time, you know, for anybody listening and if you use the term sellout or whatever, listen, there is nothing wrong with somebody growing and putting themselves in a position to be financially successful, especially when that person can do something that they are totally passionate about and have dreamt of their entire life. It could, and I just think when you dog on a band or somebody else for selling out because they've gotten famous or made more money for doing something which you got interested in them for in the first place, then you just sound jealous and you sound like a dick, <laughs> yeah, to put it plainly. Yeah, please don't be a dick. Yeah, and if you're referring to the term sellout to describe how the band changed sounds and that's why you don't like them, then just say they changed their sound and it's not for you anymore. Yeah, listen to something else. Yeah, don't put a negative connotation on the band. Yeah, or just listen to their old stuff. There's so many easy ways to just get around this. I will say, bands, if you see an opportunity to break and peak, you got to take it. You have all punked up's approval. Not that you need it, though. (laughs) Right, not that you need it. Not that you need it. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you for sharing what's been on your mind, Tyler. Yeah, that was a good combo. Sounds like you've been, uh, you know, really sitting on it for a minute. Yeah, I mean, that's always been a thing that's kind of bugged me, though. Mm -hmm. Now I feel. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with writing a, you know, a pop hit just to get out there, you know? Yeah, it's okay. You made a podcast because you're a sellout. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, and I guess, like, if we ever start selling ads on the uh, podcast, then I'm selling out. Oh, God. The lights on. Yeah, this is not free. We have to keep the lights on. Please. You know what? We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We will be right back. Do you know a man who likes funky socks? Well, do I have an awesome new gifting idea for you. Society Socks is a men's sock subscription that sells funky socks with a social cause. 
They sell gift subscriptions that allow you to prepay for two pairs of exclusively designed socks to be delivered to your recipient's door for three, six, or 12 months. These socks are made of a warm, soft, and comfortable blend of comb cotton guaranteed to make their feet feel and look great. But why are they called society socks? Socks are one of the most needed and least donated clothing items at homeless shelters, though Society Socks aims to change just that. With every pair of socks purchased, another pair of socks is donated to a homeless shelter. On top of gifting awesome socks monthly, you will feel confident that you are actively making positive change in society. With two surprise pairs of socks arriving to their door every month, you can feel confident you have contributed to the beginning of an awesome sock collection. Visit MySocietySocks.com forward slash all punked up and use the code all punked up to get $10 off your first gift subscription. Give the gift of monkey socks today. And we are back. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get to the news. The first piece I want to talk about is, I think... A new era of how we experience concerts could now be beginning. We've gotten word this week of a number of bands scheduling live stream concerts, and it really starts to make you think, is this new concert experience on its way to becoming a regular thing? We had Machine Gun Kelly, who announced two live streams. Story of the Year announced three live stream concerts. Yours Truly was another band that announced one. Bailey, I think uh, during the break you were saying that there was uh, Newfound Glory. Self-titled, 20 years, 926. That's what's up. So are they going to be performing it, their album in full, I in assume? In Nashville. In nice. Nashville. So also, uh, I got another email today about Cold War Kids doing some or doing one through a company called NoCap, which is a company that says they are founded by artists and venue owners trying to create an opportunity for more fans to experience live shows. They apparently have found a way for those who can't make it to the show to never miss out on their favorite artists' performances while also supporting the artists and venues these shows are taking place at. I think this is pretty cool stuff. So, yeah, so these artists are announcing these live stream concerts that are going to be taking place at venues, and they're just going to be live stream. Nobody's going to be in attendance but the band and, I guess, maybe a camera crew. I don't know how it's going to how it's going to go down, but that's my understanding of it. And yeah, I just think that this is pretty cool, especially if the bands can really put on a show that's great for viewing, like lots of camera angles, lights and things. Um, I think this could really turn into being something big. It could even potentially be a thing for when we are actually able to go to concerts normally again. I just see a lot of potential here. I mean, I agree. I feel like we've been seeing, like, don't get me wrong. We've been seeing live streams on like, Instagram and Facebook since the pandemic started, but I feel like now it's just like this is going to be the new normal. Like before, we the past couple of months, like since March, it's been a lot of like trial and error. Like oh shit, how are we gonna do this? And now it's figure it's more or less. I'm not gonna say completely figured out, but it's more or less figured out that this is going to be the experience that we're going to have for, you know, the foreseeable future. From a, from a community standpoint and a, a live performance, just feeling the energy of the room, this blows. This is absolute garbage. But this is where we are, and we can either embrace it or we can cry about it. And I'm extremely excited, as I mentioned at the top of the show, 
because there are bands that understand like this is what we have and it's extremely inspiring to hear how much production value they're putting into it instead of just walking around with an iPhone. That to me shows how much they care about the fans, how much they care about interaction, how much they want to keep this thing going because they live, breathe, and they are music. I mean, imagine how many things Newfound Glory has seen in the last 20 years. I mean, th- there's there's no way that they could have thought this was going to happen. And they could sit on their couch with acoustic guitars and they could just put a couple mics up and, and that'd be it. Or, like you were saying, Tyler, like we can get camera angles, we can get cuts, we can make this a live production, and um, this might be a, a curveball, but entertainment is constantly changing. But in the 80s, in the beginning uh, with the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, when it was WWF, the only way people could see this if they didn't live in that market was to watch it at a movie theater. And the movie theaters would buy the rights to these streams. And that had to be changed and it had to be adapted. And then people were allowed to go as the, the venues uh, and the demand and, and the brands, as it all grew, then you could go see a live show in your area. And, and that's something that people had to get used to. They, they had to go to these events. And now it's almost as if we're reverting back to that because we're going to these drive-ins. We're going to, to – and, and it's basically the same thing. Now, if we can all come together as a community and we are socially distanced, I still want to be able to be there. I still want to see my best friend at the show. I want to see your car right next to me, Tyler, where we're sitting and we're watching the drive-in just because we live 100 miles away from each other. And we can still have the same experience just on a different level. So, again, this sucks. Like I'm really upset that I can't go and breathe the same air as the people that – inspire me every single day and and have the the music that is the soundtrack to my life no it's it sucks this blows but they're investing so much into the production and into the ideas of i mean we've got artists that are setting up three shows like hey if this is all we have for the rest of the year we're going to make them the best shows that we can and we're going to bring them to you so Again, it sucks, but I'm pumped because we could still go back to the drive-ins, and they've they've had a couple. Like Metallica had a couple um, drive-in shows. So if this is all we get, it's better than an iPhone, and it's better than an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, it can blow for you, and I get that. But at the same time, like you just said, it's all we got right now. So I'm all for it. I do think the drive-in thing is still going to keep happening, though. Uh, I was listening to Shane Told's podcast, and he was talking about how Silverstein has a drive-in concert show scheduled. So I think that that's still going to be a normal thing right now. But, man, right now it's all about innovating. And all these businesses that are helping these artists succeed right now in doing this, I, I mean, I just think it's great. And I think great businesses and bands stick around and come about when they are innovative and when they try new things or create opportunity. Like we said earlier, when a door of opportunity is open, you got to walk through it. And I think that that's just where we're at right now. We have drive-in concerts and we can use the live stream show option for a good viewing experience. So I can see this being a thing for a while in conjunction with the uh, drive-ins. Like you said, Bailey, it's all we got right now. So hopefully we could just make the best of it. And if bands can really make the best of these live streams and really make them exciting, the creativity could just, you know, blow us through the roof, honestly. How much are you going to pay for that shirt or that hoodie or that physical piece of merchandise knowing that you can't get it next week? Knowing that you can't, they're not going to come through and you can't stand that merch line. I think this is a beautiful opportunity for many bands to 
package and and personally make care packages for their fans. I think this is rad. I mean, I I know that if if I could go to St. Louis and and I could go because that's where we're in the Midwest. So for the people that are in the Midwest, but the St. Louis and Chicago are the largest venues that we would go. And we had a seasonal thing where we knew Warp Tour was coming through. We knew that there was going to be a huge festival. We knew Lollapalooza. We knew Riot Fest. And you'd bring the money and you'd stand in line and you'd pay. You'd be like, God, I really don't want to spend 40 bucks for this thing. But you know what? I'll do it right now because I know the bands need it. And I also know I really want to be able to support them. So I think it's a beautiful merch opportunity as well. If you can pre-order merch and you can wear that shirt, you're not the guy at the show wearing the shirt because you're at home. So you don't you don't got to feel bad. You got to feel bad about wearing the, the band shirt to the show because you're at home. No, no, no. Right. But at the same time, too, there are um, – I know Story of the Year is actually doing some bundles with the tickets that they're selling for their three shows. And I don't – I'm not sure exactly what the bundles are. I'm sorry, but I, I'm pretty sure merch is included there. But at the same time, too, yeah, you may not be able to get your your merch right away when you order these bundles, but this is a great opportunity to support the bands that you love that maybe have helped you get through, you know, a tough time or whatever. This is the perfect opportunity to do so. And I will probably be definitely checking into the story of the year, especially when they do the Page Avenue album in its entirety. I think we can go ahead and take another break. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. You listen to our podcast and you no doubt have a love for the rock, alternative, punk, and emo genres we cover. And with everything going on in the world today, it can be tough to stay up to date with all of the happenings in the scene. That's why we put together and send out a weekly newsletter to help keep you informed with all the major news from the music world we know and love, so you never have to miss an important update. Each newsletter will include exclusive newsletter-only content, the top trending news pieces from the previous week, all punked up specific news, random thoughts and rants from me, editor-in-chief and founder, curated weekly playlists, band spotlights and much more you can subscribe today by heading to allpunkedup.com forward slash subscribe that's allpunkedup.com forward slash subscribe all right and welcome back guys there is another piece of news that we definitely need to cover did you guys see the tom DeLong cake yeah, and its eyes are going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Yes, if you have not seen it, you guys definitely need to get on Twitter and take a look because it is frightening. But Yeah, if you like that kind of thing, time. if you hate being frightened, maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> It'll haunt your dreams. Right. So there's a popular show across the pond called Great British Bake Off, and they just returned with a brand new season. The first episode was dedicated to Cake Week. And the contestants were tasked with making a 3D cake of their heroes. One contestant chose to create a cake in the form of many people's hero, Tom DeLonge. And like Ali said, the cake is absolutely frightening. Um, If you're wondering what the cake tasted like, Alt Press says that the cake consisted of a strawberry and mint flavored cake with chocolate buttercream. I'd say that sounds interesting, but unfortunately, the contestant didn't get the Star Baker Award for the week. That's sad. That's, but I mean, I, if, but from strawberry the picture, and mint together sounds 
disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's why I just described it as interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess from flavor and looks of the cake is why he didn't get Star Baker Award. Oh God, I can't. Yeah, did I'm you guys photos now and I can't? Did you guys happen to see that um, Tom actually caught wind of the cake and gave a shout out over Instagram? Oh wow. Well, so he posted a picture of the cake with the caption. Now, this is typical Tom DeLong. The caption read, when I was younger and needed the money, I did a few hundred adult films. This looks exactly like me at the time. Exactly. Oh, and over the, the picture, he, there was text that says, Dave's three flavors of Tom DeLong. So it really goes along with the adult film reference. Oh, God. <laughs> This is a, an image I'm going to have in my head now for the rest of my life. We're not supposed to make fun of people's art, but it does look like um, it's a version of a version of a version of a Simpsons version. So that's <laughs> I can that's, see uh, that. Yeah, yes. it's a version. It's, it's a play on a play on a, on a play. So but yeah. you know what? This guy's Instagram famous and I'm not. So I'm, I'm yeah. Doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, more power to him for doing a time to long nod. I, I like mean, that. He did better than I would do, so, you know. I will say I love this pirate look that he did add. It's the, the signature, like, 2003 Tom DeLong close-eye pirate look. He nailed that. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. He's got the uh, lip ring in there, too, it looks like. Just now noticed. It's all about the wow. details. What a nice detail. Yeah, what a nice little detail. All right. Anyway. All right, so with that, since there's not much to talk about with the Tom DeLong cake... Let's just go into our game. Are you guys ready? Oh, sure. sure. Am right, I ever really ready for these games with, with my track record? Hey, you are a great sport, Allie. And <laughs> on this one, in this game, there's not going to be a winner, I don't think. No. So okay. so we all win. <laughs> okay. This is going to be your first win. Yay. All right. So we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. We all know the rules, but in case you are unfamiliar, we are all going to tell two truths one lie about ourselves. Everyone else will have to weigh in and guess which one is the lie. Please feel free to guess and play along with us while you listen. So I think, Allie, you should go first. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Well, okay. I am an identical triplet. I am terrified of frogs. I have been arrested. Hmm. I know, they all seem very honest, very truthful. Oh, man. At the I live a mysterious life. Okay, so you you are a triplet, an mm -hmm. identical triplet. Mm -hmm. I am wondering about the frog, because I can see that you would be like a frog lover, but then I can also see that you could potentially be frightened by frogs. Mm -hmm. You don't seem the type to have gotten arrested. I'm going to say you were once arrested. That's the lie. Bailey, what do you think? I say, I say frogs. So you think the lie is frogs? I, yeah. So you think her being frightened of frogs. I, I think she might have got us some stuff. I think she might have been arrested. That's not my business. I, I, wait, I, I, excuse, wait, 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 okay, wait, 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 wait. Follow up. Bailey, yeah. what do you think I've been arrested for? <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Saying this is, you know, this is bad. Like some PETA type stuff. You know, you got strong convictions. <laughs> Man. Okay, well, the lie is I have I have never been arrested. So, here we go. 
I am absolutely terrified of frogs. Like, it is a fear that I cannot explain. Since I was, like, three or four, I've been, like, absolutely terrified of, like, toads, frogs. Like, anything with, like, the the tongue. I just, ugh, thinking about it now is making me, like, cringe. I, ugh. I can't even look at photos of them. It's terrifying. There's only three good frogs in my book. It's Kermit, Frogger, and Asui from My Hero Academia. The only three frogs I will accept in my day-to-day life. Anything else? Go- no. Uh-uh. So now we know that you are a triplet, mm-hmm. and you are very frightened by frogs. I, I so, don't. It's my dad's fault. <laughs> it's my All dad's right. fault. Bailey, you want to go next, or you want me to go? I'll I'll listen. You go. Okay. Number one. My old band once stayed the night at the drive-through records owner's house after an interview to be signed. Number two. I was arrested once as a teen due to trespassing on private property with friends. Number three, I was once pulled over for drag racing a state cop on the highway. I feel like the last one is the lie. Although, like, I, I sense a theme happening with the arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a theme. Um, I think the last one is the lie, though. Okay. Yeah. So you think I was not pulled over for drag racing a state cop on the highway. All yeah, right. I, 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 Tyler, I think you have... A cool life, but I don't not saying not saying here on the podcast that being arrested is cool. That is not what I'm saying. I think that you have a mysterious life that I don't know a lot about, but I don't think that the life I don't know about is a fast and furious life. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. Bailey, what do you think? What's my lie? I don't think your car's fast enough. I think you're ambitious, but I don't think your car's fast enough. Again, yeah, I don't think you're in a Fast and Furious movie. That's not the coming-of-age film that you live in. Okay, so you guys both think that I'm lying about being pulled over for drag racing a state cop. So that means you believe that I was arrested as a teen? I mean, is drag racing really popular in Michigan? Like, Illinois, excuse me, I don't know why I said Michigan. All right. The the lie is I was once arrested as a okay. teen due to trespassing on private property with friends. Now, I can explain the drag racing thing. Please do. <laughs> so I was coming home late. It was like maybe junior year of high school or something. And I was I was driving a 91 Honda Accord, white Honda Accord. I was coming off the exit ramp to come home. And there was this car that was pretty close, like coming up on me, you know, so I was merging onto the highway and he was coming up on me and I was kind of in this weird, you know, spot like, should I slow down, let the car that's coming up on me pass me or do I speed up to get ahead of it? I chose to speed up and get ahead of it. Well, it it was an Illinois state cop who ended up getting next to me and he's telling me to pull over. Like he's on his intercom yelling at me to pull over. So at the next turn, I pull over. So I roll down my window. He yells at me to get out of the car. He pats me down and everything. It was absolutely crazy. First, he said, what are you doing drag racing a cop? I said, drag racing a cop? Why would I drag race a cop? He's like, I'm asking you. Like I wasn't drag racing you. Trying to explain myself. He's like, do you mind if I check your car? for drugs. I'm like, no, please do. Cause I don't do drugs. So he's checking my car and all that. And, uh, anyways, totally blown out of proportion, but yeah, I was, uh, pulled over technically for drag racing a state cop on the highway. Yeah. All right, Bailey, your turn. All right. This was hard. I have a weird life. Um, 
Same. I have same, same, same. a tattoo that are the directions to Neverland. That's the first one. I mooned my boss at 17 through a glass window at a movie theater. I met my now wife while I was on a date with her sister. <laughs> um, I can definitely see the last two. I feel being like true. the first I fe- being true. I feel yeah. like the first one though about the tattoo might be a technicality of some kind. I don't know. Like you might have a tattoo that's Neverland themed. I feel like the last two. I also lead a very wild and interesting ish. I don't know life, Bailey, and I feel like that's some shit I would have done or would have happened to me at some point in life. Uh, maybe not the mooning, but like, yeah. It's just something similar. I don't know. I feel like the first one is the lie. I'm going to agree with Allie on this one. You do not have the directions to Neverland tattooed on you somewhere. The year was 2008. The city was Nashville, Tennessee. It was two for two, and a dear friend of mine was graduating from college, Tennessee State. And we had about a half hour to decide what we were going to get. And I wanted something that was um, the size of a silver dollar, a little bigger, but also something that meant something. And uh, out of nowhere, I had uh, this old English two with a star up on the side of it with an old English R, which is the second star to the right, straight on to morning. Damn it. That's actually the tattoo that my wife, my now wife saw before when I became friends with her. She's like, Oh my God, that's nuts. Um, this like little child giddy thing. She's like, Oh my God, he's so cute. And then I ignored her for two months to make some type of intrigue. And you know, we've been best friends ever since. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's cool, but you ignored her for two months. No, no, no. Uh, so we went to, uh, this is uh, a more fun story. Uh, okay. on the way to, uh, St. Louis to um, Blink-182, Fall Up Way, and Chester French, um, I had what the kids call a drinking problem, and I finished a bottle of Evan Williams with a friend of mine about an hour into the trip. So when everyone else went to the restroom, um, we went into the uh, convenience store to get another one. And um, this uh, beautiful uh, woman happened to be chaperoning this trip that I was on on a party bus, and uh, I'm really glad that I was uh, intoxicated enough to uh, have confidence to talk to her. And um, there are some things that transpired that I'm not excited about sharing on this this show yet. We can That's okay. <laughs> we can share you don't it. Have to do that. Um, yeah. So uh, got thrown out of the concert. Achieved the goal of going to the concert, which wasn't to see the bands, but achieved that goal. Got back on the bus, and I was like, Oh my God, this is the most beautiful person that I've ever met in my life. I just want to talk to her, figure out what she's about. And then for about a month after that, um, I ignored her at every place that I went to create intrigue, and it made her so upset that we were best friends for a night, and then I didn't acknowledge her, that she's like, why won't you pay attention? I was like, oh, hey, hi, how are you? But it was the, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, because again, she's absolutely knocked down, just gorgeous and, and a beautiful person, but I knew that I didn't have enough on the inside to share, so I kind of had to, to work on it so I wouldn't um, come off like a goof. So 
it's uh the my my story is that you can make your way out of the um the dirtbag zone but you can't make your way out of the friend zone so i purposely made myself a dirtbag so i could have room to grow well that is just so romantic bailey no it's not <laughs> i was about to say it was like what <laughs> I, I, I would be so, so mad if this guy that I was really into it, like ignored me for two months. It was a courtship. I got to know her as a person and to find out how beautiful she was, and I needed to be mentally ready for that. And mm-hmm. that's why I didn't. Um, that's why I stayed away for so long because okay. I, I didn't think I had anything to offer. So it's okay. not just me being a dirtbag to create intrigue. It's just like, oh my god, how do I navigate this? Because I don't think I'm smart enough or strong enough. So I had to to get my affairs in order before I okay. you know, before I could well, add value to someone else's life. Okay, well, that makes total sense, and good on you for that. Guys, I feel like that is the best way to end the show on, like, a romantic note and maybe to get young singles out there and do their thing. Start swiping right or left or whatever it is you kids do nowadays. But, yeah, hey, before heading out, before heading out, uh, I've been wanting to start doing something at the end of our shows where we quickly, quickly recommend a band or song that we think everyone listening Ooh, should yes. go check out. So real quick, Bailey, who you got? Uh, I listened to that Jason Lancaster tune today. It was, uh, what was it called? Say I'm What You Want. Um, what I'm hoping that this is going to be is um, some of the beginning of uh, Go Radio because I really enjoyed that. I, uh, I enjoyed all of the passion that went into writing Mayday Parade. And then when he broke off, I was like, man, this he's just powerful chops. He's a beautiful musician. And I'm hoping that this is where that goes as well. Sweet. Allie, what about you? Um, I'm going to quickly do uh, like my top three as of like today. I want to give a shout out, check out to uh, No Coincidence. They're from New York. Um, we did an interview with them. You should go check it out on YouTube. Go check out Super American and go check out, I don't know, I've been listening to a lot of the Getaway Plan lately. They're not a band anymore, but they have this one song called Where the City Meets the Sea, and it is phenomenal. Please check it out. Nice. And I'm going to say Stan Atlantic. Just everybody knows that they're my favorite band right now. So definitely, definitely go check out their their latest um, album. So dope. Stan Atlantic is the next biggest thing in pop punk. Boom. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that 100%. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. You can help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and following this channel. Tell all your friends and spread the word. We're on all major podcast streaming platforms, so follow or subscribe there as well. So thanks again. We love you all. Remember, spread love. Peace. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you.